In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Please be seated. Good morning. I bring from Bishop Marianne greetings and, and gratefulness for your worship and ministry here at Christ Church. Uh, it is a pleasure and an honor to be with you this morning. We were talking out in front about this title I have, The Venerable. I don't know what that means. I can say this, though, that, that when I was visiting a church way down in St. Mary's County, the rector there, Greg Seiler, got up and he made a big deal about this title. So he was standing here in the center of the platform and he was talking about the venerable this and the venerable that and, and, and I'm sitting there kind of just shrinking in the chair little by little because what Greg didn't know about me at that point in time, but I knew was when we traveled from St. George's to Ascension, which are the two parishes tied together down there and he's the rector, when we traveled that on a rainy morning, on a rainy Sunday morning, this was hanging out of the door. <laughs> and so the venerable had a soaking wet stole. <laughs> I like this story from, John, from, uh, from the gospel this morning about John. Now, if you know me well, and, and Martha can attest to this, I tend to overthink things. And not only that, but when I sit at, with these stories in the gospel or in any other part of the Bible, I like to insert myself into the story. And so I did that with this morning's story. And not only did I insert myself into the story, but I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, wonder what would happen if this story was taking place today in our community. And I couldn't help but picture John standing in the waiting pool in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Imagine it, if you will. There's John standing in the waiting pool. And here comes a group of clergy from all denominations. And there he is. And he's standing there. And, and they say, who are you? Who are you? And he says, uh, well, I'm not the Messiah. And... Perhaps there will be some comfort in that statement, considering he's standing in the waiting pool in front of the Lincoln Memorial. I don't know. He says, well, are you Elijah? And he says, no, I'm not. Are you a prophet? Nope, not that either. So there's this guessing game going on, it seems. And they said, well, if you're not Elijah, you're not a prophet, you're not the Messiah, who are you? We want an answer. And he says this. He says, I'm the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Now, think about that for a second. Think about that. You're standing there watching this all take place in front of you. And he won't tell you who he really is. And then he comes up with this, I am the one crying out from the wilderness. And in the conversation, he goes on to say one more thing. He says, among you stands one whom you do not know. Now keep that in your mind, because we're going to come back to that. 
And if I forget to come back to that, you can remind me. <laughs> At the National Cathedral, it's common that the choristers are part of the choir on a Sunday morning. Now, the choristers are the little boys. I almost set myself on fire at the first service. The choristers are the little boys, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, eleven, I suppose, maybe, or maybe some of them are just taller than they should be at that age. And, and they are just exactly that, seven, eight, nine-year-old boys. And before the service, they come up from the crypt level where they have gotten their robes on and everything, and they have them fluffy collars, you know, them ruffled things. And sometimes they're just kind of sticking out here and there and not fastened in the back. And, and it's like, here comes these ragamuffin boys. And they, they walk around and they're supposed to line up. And, and you can see the adults move over. And there's a lot of this and a lot of shuffling and lots of talking going back and forth. And, and being reminded, shh, people are worshiping. And, um, and then we pray before the service, and then, and then we march back to the rear of the cathedral, getting ready to process. And when we get to the back, the choir and the little boys all line up in a nice half circle for the, for the introit. And while they're waiting in that half circle, they're, um, they're talking to each other, and they're nudging each other with their elbows. And recently, I saw one get out a phone, and they were you know, and looked like they were playing a game or something. And, and, and you're thinking, what's going on? And the dean gets up at the, after the prelude is over and he walks to the center of the platform and he makes a few announcements and welcomes everybody. And, and he asks, he says, how many of you in the cathedral for the first time? And all the hands go up and applause and all that stuff. In the meantime, the boys are still being who they are with their phones and with their nudging and with their talking. And, and, and then the dean finishes and he leaves the platform and the cathedral gets quiet. And Canon Michael, um, the, the Canon for music, Michael McCarthy, he looks at the boys and all of a sudden it's just like, and they're ready. And you hear a faint chord from the organ and they open their mouths and make the most beautiful sound that you would ever want to hear. So this back and forth and, and all that, when it's time, when it's really crucial, Jesus shows up in the voices of those, those little boys. At the end of October, I was serving at the cathedral that particular Sunday rather than a visitation. And, and after the service, it's customary to stand on the front steps of the cathedral and greet the visitors. And I was doing that along with several other members of the clergy there. And, and I was having a chat with these two lovely sisters from Minneapolis. And they were talking about their visit and what a wonderful place the cathedral is. And we're really enjoying Washington, D.C. And where can we go for brunch and all those kinds of th things. And I'm a little too animated for this space. <laughs> 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 and, 
And so we, we chat about that. And the whole time that, that we're talking, I notice over here to my left, just standing there quietly is, is probably about a six-year-old boy, six or seven years old. And so I get done talking with the sisters and they go on their way. And, and I look down to this little boy and he says, can I talk to you? And I said, certainly. And so I got down on a knee and, so that we could be face to face and have a conversation. And, and he starts talking to me and, and he's, he's really struggling with finding the words he wants to say. And well, I'm, and, and, and then, and, and so I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I said, what's your name? And he goes, my name is Nathan. I said, Nathan, take a nice deep breath. So we did. I said, do it again. And he took another deep breath. I said, now, what are you trying to tell me? And he goes, when I was sitting there, it felt like Jesus was sitting next to me. Jesus shows up. Sometimes in the most unexpected ways and in the most unexpected times. We're in this season of Advent, and we're, we talk about in this, in this season this expectation of the coming of the birth of, of Jesus. And while that is very important to this season, friends, just like John said when he said, there's one among you, Jesus is already here. And Jesus is calling us to open our eyes and open our heart and reach out and grab his hand. Reach out and grab his hand because Jesus is already here. Amen.